How do you pick a real estate agent? Yes, so it can be a couple of different things. Agents are now probably better educated as well as to what properties are going to sell. Talk about it over coffee when we used to just catch up for coffee and not record it. You talk about it in a way that's accessible and easy to listen. If you've if you've been in your career for a short while, how do you take yourself to the next level? Yeah, um, it was really a podcast. Yeah, clearly. exactly right. Yeah, epic this voice week on the property part. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod. You are here with your host, Aaron Horn, with our weekly accessible and easy to understand real estate podcast. I am joined at the desk today by Patrick Berry. Hey, hey, hey. And socially distanced all the way over in Moona, coming in from your office there, John? Yeah, coming up from my desk. Um, yes. That's it. Yeah, with my nice, uh, I can't remember what color these walls are. They're sort of beige. but um, Hughes to me. Puce. Yeah, I'll go with Puce. Puce? Um, yeah. <laughs> Sage Void of Muna. The, uh, the good thing is we have worked out some technical difficulties and you sound a lot crisper this week, J-Mac. Yeah, I've got the... Um, the I've, I do have everyone's... You can see the Yeti microphone that I bought that was the genesis to this idea to begin with a year before it started. So yeah, it's actually it. getting I love good. that the Yeti has finally made its way. It's finally made it back to the pod because the first, the only time we ever used it was when we did a first test run that never aired. Yes, the unaired pilot, but that's actually a really good segue into what's happening at the moment, John, is a mm. uh, memory came up on my Facebook over the weekend that we're one year in. We've, we've hit the 365-day mark of podcasting. That's, that's so cool, isn't it? Because didn't you work out we had, um, it was our first episode release and then we had that break and then we're back into it and the first on the, on the year dot was now we went where, where video. Yeah, well, that's the funny side of it is we kind of jumped into video just based on this situation with COVID and Zoom and recording this way, but it's amazing that it was literally one year to the day mm. we've gone from just audio to now video. And there's actually a really, really good response from the video. We had lots of people looking at it. It got shared around a few places. And I guess people don't just like hearing our dulcet tones, but they like looking at our ugly mugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to uh, make sure I uh, keep my beard uh, trimmed even more now because it's permanent. Well, funnily it's enough, I've, I've mentioned um, in previous podcast my grandmother listens she um knitted this beanie in isolation she's never been a knitter at all in the past her life she needed to keep her hands busy she ran out of lives on candy crush and she started knitting and she said oh oh i wasn't just on the podcast in voice i was on there you, i saw my beanie and i was like there you go now you <laughs> two things on that did you see the other day on the tv the six-year-old boy that racked up six thousand dollars in online purchases on his mum and dad's <laughs> credit card playing games like candy crush <laughs> No, was it your son? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But the moral of the story was don't give your kid face access, like, you know, the face password login because oh, then they they were, just... the kid was able to just keep buying things and dad didn't understand why he had a $6,000 bill. Ouch. Oh, so he the so he when it's that um yeah open up you open up the phone with your face yeah and so they were able to buy all these in app purchases <laughs> <laughs> up to six thousand dollars. Oh, that's fair. probably lucky Nan got into knitting instead of yeah yeah definitely saved saved on that front. And the second thing, we're in here today via Zoom, and I need to ask the question. It's the question everyone asks these days: Are you wearing pants, John? No. <laughs> Never wear pants at the office. <laughs> that's that's why that's what. Ever since we had the front door locked, nah, nah. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I think we just have to jump straight into real estate off that. <laughs> I'm not back. I'm not back. The thing is, I believe John. I know that he probably isn't wearing pants. Well, look, we'll 
we'll jump straight into real estate. We'll go from here to there. We we did have a good response from last week, and it was really really good to get back on the mics. And as we said in front of the cameras, um, we didn't really talk about where the market was last week. We kind of didn't jump into it. We we're a bit nervous on getting back into the game. We wanted to make sure we could just ease our way back in and still talk relevant stuff. But um, I know, John, you kind of wanted to go into this week talking just what's happening with the market. There were a few articles that came out this week talking about how much it had slowed down. Well, the good thing is the, and that's why I haven't really been able to, it's, it's all been very anecdotal at the moment because there hasn't been some more data. And I think some of the best stuff that comes out is through our Real Estate Institute of Tasmania. And a, a lot of people will, probably would have seen the article that just got released from the Mercury, what's well, today, the 20th of May, but that was released yesterday. Um, com, well, the, 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 the exact words are worst month of home sales in years as COVID-19 bites housing market. I tell you what, our friend Jared, he's really put a hard hit. Oh, he has. People click yes. on the link, hasn't he? So that's that. And for those who remember, Jared Bevan featured on our podcast previously as the uh, and he's the one who's been kind enough to feature us a few times. Um, so particularly what what that um, is relevant to is it's referring to the volume of sales. So it's not. Um, it does comment later on the on the fact that um, there has been a correction um, in the medium um, price markets of both the so real estate. Uh, REIT values at Northwest, uh, Launceston and uh, Hobart and Southern. So Hobart's all the greater areas um, of the, and the data is fed through from real estate agents specifically and their information. So that's why this, inf- this data is so useful. Um, but what that's commenting on is that 12 um, year on year, um, you know, both year on year in the last uh, 12 uh, couple of months is that if you had 10, um, the numbers if you had 10 sales the previous month, now there's only six sales. Um, but then if you scale that out, you had 100 sales, now there's only 60 sales. So um, that's a significant adjustment in actual volume of stock that's moving through the market. So um, that's why they're saying the worst um, yeah, the worst that it's been in 12 months. So just to clarify for me, I'm just trying to work that out. Does that mean that there is a shortage of stock, shortage of properties that are on the market, which is why it is... Um, the slowest month or the worst month in years? Is that- yeah, it, can, it, it can be a, a multiple of factors. The, the, the information yet doesn't show um, how many uh, properties are actually coming on. Um, from what we can see, I think um, this, we, we, I think we've spoken this about before, Pat, and I, the, uh, even on realestate.com had commented um, that the forecasted adjust, you know, volume of stock when I was looking at you speaking with clients was pretty much in line exactly how this data's played out. So, you know, when we're looking, you know, obviously we're trying to forecast our cash flows in our business by looking, okay, this month, this stuff's coming on this month, this one, this month, and then obviously there's a few minor adjustments. But usually in real estate, of course, from sales, we're planning three months ahead because you know that, um, you know, if a property sells today, it's not going to settle for another three months. So you're not getting paid. So we're you're sort of looking at 90-day chunks. Um, so this data's played out almost um, hand in hand with so many conversations I had with other agents. And I know we're we chatted with you guys before just saying, you know, what have you got coming on? Is there any difference? Um, so the reality is now people will be asking if there's a big, a slow up on actual transactions, how that's going to translate to um, actual capital, like your vol- uh, value of ho- property. Um, so in Hobart, what it was referring to is the, um, the, it has had an adjustment, I think of between two and 4%. Now on commentary from the REIT uh, and their data analyst, Dustin, there was, the reason the biggest significance of that is there's been a the, lot of the volume of stock has slowed specifically in the plus $500,000 range. So 
at the lower end, you know, anything under five hundred thousand um, dollars, the volume was still moving quite um, quite fast. Um, like, could that be? Sorry to jump in. Could that be that they're kind of um, investment properties, people that are buying things that are under that higher premium price? So they're probably not actually going to the properties and looking at them. Probably using some of those resources that that we look. I at. think it can be some of that, but I also think it's um, a lot of buyers that were priced out of the market when things were selling so fast to those mainland investors. Yep. I've been speaking to a lot that have actually using this as a golden opportunity. They're like, all of a sudden we're not competing against 50 other people trying to buy a house. So before we got sick of trying to buy and so we stopped looking and now they've all started to come back into the market. Yep. And so there's a lot of um, first-time buyers, a lot of um, families trying to upgrade to that next place from that sort of small three-better up to the next four-better um, that have come back and... Um, yeah, that 500 mark seems to be the tipping point. Under 500, they seem to be selling quite fine and quite easily. Yep. Once it goes over that, I've spoken to a few people myself and they've all indicated that um, sales have started to dry up a little bit when they get a little bit dearer. You bang on, mate. And what what that what the the stuff shows is that um, the there's actually been a, uh, an adjustment of, of in, um, investors. So the, not that these numbers mean much, just as throwing it out there, but like, uh, like 11% at less investment but there's actually been an increase in first home buyers so if you think about a first home generally speaking first home buyers are going to be below that five hundred thousand dollar um threshold anyway so there's actually been um the data is actually backing up exactly what pat's saying is that um with a lot of first home buyers sitting on the sidelines thinking now's a good time there's less people um in competition they're the ones that are um they're driving the market below that more so uh, yeah, the other comments was the says on average these properties are selling for one point seven percent above their list price. Uh, Mandy said, which tells us there are still buyers out there creating competition in the marketplace and certain level of consumer confidence. Um, so where it's um, people are going, oh, it's selling a heap less than it was. Um, people are still paying what would you could be perceived as fair price um, because they still have confidence and they're still and they're still wanting to move. I guess where it comes to the Tasmanian market specifically is you look at nearly it said that about. Um, two thirds of our market are based on people um, who are buying locally into suburb or still within the same state. And then that last 30% is made up of um, people moving interstate or investment. So uh, the bulk of our marketplace are driven by locals, which would um, in that sense, then um, if you're thinking you're moving because your life needs it, not so much that you're chasing a good deal um, or trying to, um, of course you're going to then negotiate based on, you know what's available to you, but your motivation is driven by your needs of your lifestyle, whether it be you moving, you upsizing, you downsizing. And it'd be interesting to see if if that um, trend stays the same, um, what that will mean now with this information out there. Does it automatically mean that people are going to go, "Oh my God, the market's going to looks like it's going to crash, is it chaos, so everyone stays on the sidelines even more," or? Um, now they can see, well, maybe there's not too much to worry about. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But it's great to see that this data is in so we can start to actually have some better conversations rather than just being totally anecdotal. Um, in my early sort of situation here and what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, it seems that the people I'm dealing with in that sort of sub 500 mark, the ones that were going to sell have just decided they're going to sell anyway. Where before sort of, you know, late March, early April, there was that real uncertainty, what should we do? We don't know. Um, I think a lot of people now have got to that point where they're sort of thinking, oh, well, we were going to sell. Why wait any longer? This isn't changing anytime soon. This is going to be what it's going to be for the foreseeable future. So 
I think John might have mentioned something like that last mm. week, but it does feel like just since a few of the restrictions have been lifted in the last, well, week, I would say that things feel like they're kind of coming back down to a place where people aren't as panicked and aren't as up in the air. So, yeah, if you're thinking about it, you probably will be starting to roll the dice. And I was talking to another real estate photographer just the other day and he said his past fortnight had been just dead, which was really similar to the amount of work that I was doing. I'd get a, a few shoots here and there, but it was kind of hard to find the work. Whereas speaking to him on Monday, he's like, oh, yeah, no, I've got a fair few booked in this week. And mm. again, I've been out on lots of shoots this week. So it does feel like there is a turn in the market on that sense. Well, apparently the number is one in five of us move every year. Um, and if our market's made up of predominantly um, not investment, but it's all um, home buyers, um, you know, that's, we're always going to have that steady bit of volume. And I think it's very easy to forget that even with our um, lifetime lads, you know, working in adult lifetime is that this isn't the first time this is we've seen this. So I just thought, I mean, on my screen, I think it'd be worth us sharing this in the show notes, the actual REIT stats and data that everyone has actually can get access this for free through the REIT. Um, but if you look at, um, I was looking at between 2009 and 2010, um, whereas now the volume of sales they've set is adjusted 40% halved. So there's 166 sales in Glenorchy in 2009 and then there are 88 sales in 2010. So like it just, it, you know, it's hard that, to... Was that global financial crisis time was, period? Is that when that yeah, happened? towards the end of it. Um, but that's when we started seeing more of it here in Hobart. Yeah. Really yep. bit of a ripple effect. It took a bit of time before it reached here. Yep. But so no, is that something that could happen with this pandemic, whereas it could still be a ripple effect that will run across or has the world kind of sped up a bit and everything well, is... What, hap- what happened then was the, the GFC was already kicking in from 2007 to 2008, obviously, when it started. What happened was the federal government increased the first-home buyer's grant from $7,000 to $14,000. Yep. And why that was so significant in our market is, you know, that was the... Because that's for first-home buyers specifically, and like we've just discussed, that's actually making up the majority of our um, volumes at the moment. There was a huge, huge demand um, in the in the Hobart in the Tassie market again. So effectively, that that particular government stimulus just gave us another year or so of good um, good running because people, I suppose, I look at it that. Imagine if they're with, on the video, we can do this now. Imagine if you're um, they were going to here's two thousand seven or eight, and they might have. Um, and as a first-time buyer, they might have been planning to buy in 2012. Yep. Because of government stimulus, they were able to you know, fast-track that purchase into 2009 and 2010. And so then those buyers were no longer, uh, no longer there because they already bought. So then you know, for, two, for two years, there was, a, you know, there was a wait until the natural cycle of buyers were coming back again. No, I am um, listening, but all I can see... <laughs> I'm mesmerised on his hands. <laughs> also, I was thinking, I'm going to make a little graph that will come in and like... Yeah, yeah. So as I was yeah. listening, sorry, I just couldn't help but think like, it's like, wow, look at oh, now, yeah. now, you, now you know what it's like up above here, and then we're <laughs> I feel like the worm from the debate would come along. Yeah, yeah. Now well. you know what it's like to go drinking and uh, listening to me telling stories when I'm having a beer. <laughs> Can we bring that um, the sheepdog from Price is Right? So the price is going oh, up, up, yeah. up, and oh, we don't want it to go over the cliff to yeah, fall. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Actually, speaking of really good graphics, and a little bit off topic, but kind of not. Lukeonomics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so your brother, um, for those out there who don't know, John's brother is Luke McGregor, stand-up comedian, entertainer, TV. Talented. Oh, well, not gold, Logie. Logie winner. 
the famous brother. Actually, the famous brother. So I, I'd, um, I just recently have bought an upright piano. Uh, me and a mate of mine are going to convert it into a secret bar, so you don't know it's a bar until you remove the sections. Of course, you will be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and before we bought it on, uh, I think it was Facebook Marketplace. And as I knocked on the lady's door, um, she didn't even say hello. She just stared me, you know, in the face with this sort of look on her face and said, "Are you Luke's brother?" <laughs> One and the same. Do I get a discount? Yeah. <laughs> On your $100 cash piano <laughs> that was made 100 years ago. But um, um, so Luke is on the weekly now with Charlie Pickering on ABC yes. on Wednesday nights and he's got his own little section called Lukeonomics and it's got some amazing graphics And because he's been doing everything from home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been very entertaining. But I was just thinking we should probably get him to help out on A, the graphics front, and B, we might need some Lukeonomics on the show. Oh, 100%. Well, the reason why, uh, if you listen to the first section is because Luke, is, he um, does have a degree in economics um, and he did political science and economics. So he's actually he's pretty switched on pretty switched on guy. Um, so the fun, fun part of that was uh, then with Charlie, like, well, maybe now I could integrate some comedy with his um, uh, economics degrees as well. So that's sort of how they uh, came up with the idea for the segment. Yeah, it's finally paying off. All those years of uni have, uh, yeah. have come good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I suppose, to you know, to wrap up with this um, data from the RIT, with this, um, you know, with the slow in sales, uh, it's not too surprising if you'd see that in a real, a natural real estate cycle anyway. So um, how that pans out for a lot of people, I don't know. But it, it, sometimes the challenge from giving this advice from a practitioner's perspective as a real estate agent, and I've said this before in the property pod, is that, you know, Pat and I, we're not economists. We're not trying to forecast the futures. It's just like we're here to solve people's problems now, which is to, you know, and same with our property managers is that you need to, you need to move now or you need to sell now. Your, your life circumstances have caused you, this, um, you to do something and the property is now your problem. And the problem is that you need to move that on somehow. So we give advice to what happens today. Um, and th- of course, the conversations will change if people still need to list and sell and people still need to rent and, and move. Um, but I, these ones are really fascinating because p- the, the conversations we have just flip on a dime the second a new article comes out from the, you know, from the newspaper. Yeah. Um, and the, like the, the best, I, I guess, from my perspective is that um, if anyone's really concerned is that one good thing about real estate is it's, ex- it's an exceptionally slow moving asset and it's a different asset in the sense that you're using it. You get to live in it. Um, so if people are panicking about, oh, my God, is, my, is the vol- value of my house going to drop, you know, fall through the floor, I don't know. Um, the reality is, though, is that if you, um, if you are moving within the same market, you know, you're both taking the same hits. You know, you're doing well, but you're, you're paying more. And if you're coming back down, you might be taking less, but you're buying for less as well. So um, if you're just, the, the challenges will come, I suppose, with people who are, and it's always the case, is if you are under financial stress or um, there are external circumstances that are forcing you to do something you'd otherwise not want to do, that's going to happen in any market. Um, so it's just a means that uh, rather than, you know, one article isn't enough, I think, to be able to be able to justify decision making. It's just allow yourself to slow down and be patient um, and obviously look for some other resources before you, you know, jump on jump on a horse based on one article alone. And the good thing about the RIT is it doesn't really comment on the future. Um, it really just looks to um, comment on what's happening now. So it, it, the data as is. Yeah, and enables us and the, our, our clients to have better discussions um, rather than trying to be economists. And um, I mean, 
Mark, uh, the CEO, featured on ABC and he said, oh, you know, I don't know, but he said, my opinion is, um, and I think that's the best any of us can do as well. Um, but it's, uh, I'm really excited. It's cool. Um, and the other thing is too, people can, it's, all this stuff's free. So rather than going to the Mercury, we go straight to the REIT directly and you can get, um, you know, these, these charts that I grabbed for Glenorchy dates right back to 1996 and it is a very pretty looking roller coaster graph. Yeah, baby. Well, you mentioned in there a little bit of stuff about financial trouble and turmoil at the moment. What we might do is um, dart off as we do, have a little breather and come back and just talk about if you are in financial hardship at the moment. I think there was an REIT document that came out about Tasmanian, Yeah, Tasmanian government initiative. Yeah. Let's hmm. jump off to a break and we'll, uh, we'll pop right back. You're yeah. muted. As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at McGregorFM.com. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006 with their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property. They have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. All right. Welcome back to the Property Pod. Thanks for sticking with us this long. We were just off mic talking about the ramps and how good we're going to make John's um, little digital feature. So probably check out our social medias and things like that for a little bit of fun that we probably will have with making Jonathan's hands look super. <laughs> well, you got plenty of time at the moment as at home to play with that type of stuff. So no, like I said, I'm, I'm hard at work. I've got shoots coming out my wazoo. Um, so that, let's jump into just something else we wanted to touch on before we finish up the show today. And that was the kind of rent and uh, property management side of real yeah. estate. So most people are probably aware at the moment that while COVID-19 has been happening, tenant evictions aren't actually possible to take place. The government sort of outlined that they don't want to put tenants in a hardship position. Unfortunately, that comes up for review on June 30, I think it is. So so just before the end of the financial year. Yeah. So they may extend it, they may not. But what the government did announce yesterday is that they're looking at, or they have announced that they will be bringing in a sort of one-off payment to help tenants that have fallen behind in their rents. Is this state or federal? Uh, state. So this is the Tasmanian government's initiative. So to try help ease that pressure of tenants that have been in financial hardship and fallen behind. Uh, there'll be up to what is it? Up to two thousand dollars in one-off payments made, or a total of four weeks' rent paid yeah. to the individual. Paid to so like I don't actually know exactly yet how it's going to be worked. So basically, to qualify for it, you need to be paying more than thirty percent of your income in rent. Okay. Yep. So that's one of the first criteria, and you have to have less than five thousand dollars in savings in the bank. Yep. If you fall into those two criteria, then you will be eligible to apply for this one-off payment to help pay back some of your rental arrears that you may be in at the moment. Yep. And obviously you have to be in rental arrears. If you've been managing to pay your rent and you're up to date, then you're not going to qualify for the payment. Mm. However, if you are behind, then this is an option. There was Julie in the background. Hey, Julie. Oh, she can't hear us. Uh, we need to keep this because I could have done one of those moments like everyone that goes viral when they're just shouting at their kids that come into the room. <laughs> well, but the topic that we're talking about, Julie would have been perfect to jump in and give us a hand with it because she was, has been on the show in the past and talked um, um, rents, rents, and yeah, exactly. Management. Yeah, actually, should be good to come back on then. John needs to be like, Mom, <laughs> Mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think the main key takeaway from this sort of initiative is that 
they don't want June 30 to come around and then a heap of tenants be put into the courts for evictions because okay. they're behind. Yep. So they're trying to help landlords out a little bit. They're trying to help tenants out a little bit and they're trying to, I guess, stem the flow in regards to tenants that may be in a, a hard position at the moment. So it's kind of like what they set up with the job keeper, but this is kind of your housekeeper or your rent keeper. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. And it's just the way that the Tasmanian government are trying to help tenants and help owners through this situation. So yep. I think that's the main goal is that they don't want June 30 to come and then all these landlords out there and say, well, you're six or eight weeks behind in your rent. Yep. You need to, we're putting you in to be evicted, for instance. So they're trying to minimize that impact as much as possible. And this is one of the initiatives that they've come up with to try to do that. And it's you guys- really interesting because, sorry, I don't know you're probably going to ask that question, but so one of the, re- one of the, I, I do like this perspective that the, they're looking at because a, in a lot of re- respects, we've had um, our <laughs> mum's closing the door for me. To <laughs> <laughs> Everybody that's just listening, Julie's come and close the door on John. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, John. <laughs> so, so we've actually had, obviously, in our um, rent roll, we've had a lot of our clients renegotiate um, and, you know, landlords, you know, just allowing the tenants to, um, yeah, they, they won't fall on arrears just because it's been hardship. It's just been negotiated. Um, but one of the things I like is that um, what that actually is going to do is probably be um, help. It's like almost an acknowledgement to the landlords that have helped tenants too, because, you know, or, or the agencies, because in most instances where we've got people that technically might be under arrears, most of our owners have just said, look, that's okay. We understand. Yeah. Um, and if that does mean that um, the, as a means to, you know, and there'll be a, a payment plan to recoup that back, some have waived it, you know, it, it's, it's up to the individuals, both the tenants and landlords to be able to make their own decisions in that front. But if then um, this, this package is specifically to help the renters get back to where they needed to be, in some instances, it's actually going to help out a lot of owners that have, um, have had to freeze their mortgages as a, in order to be able to support the tenants. So, um, you know, there, there is a, a, an effect that can have a positive net effect on, on both sides. Yeah, that's the one thing I was thinking when I read the thing from the other side of it. I know my mum moved in with uh, the famous grandma of the beanie. She moved in with her last year to help her out. And so she, for this one period of time, she said, oh, what do I do in my house? Do I sell it or do I rent it? And so she was this first time ever being a landlord. And when all this stuff happened, she was like, well, what what do I do? What do I do about my um, tenants and how do I go about this? And she spoke with Abby at 414. Um, who was managing her property and she kind of said, oh, well, this is how we're going to work it out. So it was something that even though she um, is financially stable, she didn't know the right or the wrong or how to go about solving that. So, yeah, Yeah. it does go both sides of the coin. Yeah. um, What I really like about this um, stimulus package as well is that it's actually going to be opened up to migrants and temporary visa holders as well. And there's okay. been very little stimulus for <clears throat> those people in Australia at the moment. So they're not eligible for JobKeeper. They're not eligible ah, okay. for, um, what's the other one, JobKeeper and Job Seeker. Seeker. Seeker, yeah. So they've been really struggling with obviously paying simple things like bills and that. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. they literally haven't had access to yeah, funds. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. So most of the tenants that we've found that are really struggling are, are ones like that, that it's beyond their control. They've literally been working in the hospitality industry that as chefs or as waiters. Yep, that's yep. closed down and all of a sudden they're not eligible for all these grants that the government keeps saying, go get this grant, that'll help you. Yeah, and but so, if you, you don't qualify then. Yeah, so the Tasmanian government acknowledged that and they've actually, this will be one of the very few grants that have been opened up to those people, which I think is a really good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. I mm. think it's only fair. They, they pay taxes here in Australia while they work here and then 
when shit hits the fan, then been told they're not eligible for anything. And I just don't think that's fair. So it's good to see the Tasmanian government has opened it up for everybody. Yeah, no, that's a whole other side I, I hadn't even yeah, contemplated during all of this. So yeah, shout out to, to all those people doing it tough on that front. 100%. Well, boys, I think we've, uh, we've maxed out our time today in the studio. It's been, uh, been another fun one. And yeah, I'm, I'm really glad we're back doing this. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be back, actually. Um, after last week, I, uh, I just had that feeling like, God, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's funny how it goes, and you know, I was following along to see. Oh, I wonder if the video ones worked out, and and looking at it, it seemed like it had a, a bit of engagement and a few people about it. So, yeah, it's it's really good to be back on the mics, and we uh, we really appreciate everybody out there listening slash watching. And no you, problem. Yeah, cool. You can follow us uh, at the Property Pod. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We well, now we're on YouTube. You have got to hit that red button. Below. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like and subscribe. Yeah, hit that subscribe <laughs> button <laughs> down I, below. I bet your son would know how to do that. He'd, he'd be like, <laughs> down here. Well, my daughter signs off her Snapchats when she sends them to Grace, and they're here in the office. Like and subscribe, and she's like four, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> she watches too much YouTube. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody out there for listening to the Property Pod. We'll be back next week with another fresh episode. Awesome. All the best, gentlemen. Very much. See you guys. Bye. You have been listening to the Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information.